Sooners of Oklahoma, 12-0 and still looking for respect nationwide. We talked about this with another guy, but if seven was on like the 2000 squad, like like how, how Lehman was, I believe he was redshirted on that team. Like right now, Lehman, if he was on this team, would be doing what seven would be looking like seven. But on that team, he was another guy who was a really solid linebacker. Like he wasn't just leaps and bounds, superstar potential looking guy. OU needs about four to five of those guys, like and and in a hurry. Like the the fact that he stands out the way he does is problematic. And you know, Clemson they had to you know kind of get the uh, fire hose, if you will, on this defense when when Venables went there to coach, and it did take them a couple years. But even that first year, like sure they probably simplified some things, but those guys picked it up. Are you saying that it is that the guys at Oklahoma, it, when you're arguing about the complex, the complexity of the defense, are you saying that the guys at Oklahoma aren't smarter than who's at Clemson? I, I would completely poo-poo and disregard that. So to me, that that looks like it's a, it's a cultural problem. It is a buy-in problem. It is a not caring enough about what you need to do on a daily basis to know your job, right? One of the things that whenever I, I like coach um, coach trainers on certain things is you can have a trainer who knows the program, like who knows on, you know, today we're doing these six to seven exercises. Um, here's what we're going to start with. Here's what we got in the middle. Here's like our, our main, uh, like our main compound movement. Here's what we're ending with. But when you have a team, you may have guys who that day have to modify something, right? You may have a guy who's got a bum shoulder, but we're bench pressing that day. What do I want him doing instead? Well, if you don't know how to take planes of movement and say, you know what? The shoulder's bad, but I'm going to have you on the bands, or I'm going to have you uh, doing a bunch of pulling today, or I'm going to have you, whatever it may be. If you don't have a firm grip on all of it, and that only comes from studying and being in the in the content, like having good quality product knowledge, and in order to get to that point where you you know what the guys need to do at a moment's notice, like the back of your hand, you only get that from not just reps, but focused reps and, and caring about what you're doing it and trying to do it better than every other guy on the team. When you get to a point where you take so much pride in that, that you can say there's not, there's zero chance anybody in this room is going to be better than me. That's when you start taking your your game to that to that next level. You have to be able to say to yourself, nobody's going to outwork me. And you want every you know pie in the sky that every player is like that. That's not a thing. But when you start having most of your team feeling like that, that's when you can take those next steps. the The key for OU is that this doesn't get so far away that they lose the culture. Right. Right now. 
They have some guys committed, you know, on the defensive line. They've got some guys in the secondary that are also committed. Uh, just guys who feel like they're they're good defensive evaluations. We've talked about them on the podcast. You got Vasic and PJ and uh, Wagner and you know guys who are currently committed to Oklahoma. When they see things like this, like what OU's rolled out there the past three weeks, you know that at least what fans assume is the pitch is if you come here, you can play, right? If you come here, you're going to have a shot. You know, we haven't necessarily seen that with some of the young guys, you know, not playing, but, you know, we'll see as the season progresses. For, for From your perspective, having been a part of those conversations, having had coaches in your living room saying, you know, here's the position we plan on you playing. Here's where we see you. When the game was over today and Coach Bates or Coach Chavis or, or, or Coach Levy or Coach Hall had to call those guys, what were they saying on that phone call? And, and what were they doing to put their those recruits' minds at ease that this isn't a a problem for the future? This is just what we have to address right now. Uh, number one is just being honest, man. That was a tough loss. You got to take it on. You can't, you can't facade that the kids see it. I think I, I think we both saw on Twitter one of the kids said, Hey man, I got tickets to be with OU, but then I walked to the Texas side, which kids are front runners, right? You, you know, like, by the way, you can't even hate a 16, 17 year old kid who front runs like that. That's what you expect them to do, which is why you don't lay a goose egg in that game. But you, you got to be honest with them one. But number two, you still got to cast a vision for how they can make a difference, right? When we look at our current DNs and we compare them to Vasic and compare them to PJ, it's not even the same hemisphere. No disrespect to a, a Grimes and or Ethan Downs, but both of those guys are kind of tweeners and neither of those guys have the explosion or the length that you need in a true DN that can, you know, essentially beat his guy. And those guys bought into OU because they're looking at what uh, Bates and Coach V and Chavis and the rest of those guys were able to do at Clemson. So the door hasn't shut on those guys knowing there is, there's a proof of concept with the staff. Right. There also is something that I think we we've done a great job of and we got to hang our hat on Barry. And that's the genuine relationship. Right. I, I you know, I think the first three weeks of the season provided fool's gold. And I hope people didn't start beating their chest out and say, look at me. I'm talking about the coaches. But I do believe the parents and the players, you know, in those programs, there's a layer and level of respect in the authenticity and the approach in which OU built those relationships. And so I also hope that the coaches are hanging their hats on the fact that they kept it a buck with those guys. They built genuine relationships over and beyond the game because the game can be emotional. Um, and, and I think the last thing is, like you said, you know, I came to Oklahoma as a DB, and what was really important to me was looking at the uh, the depth chart. And they had a ton of juniors and seniors, but the coach, was, uh, Rex Ryan, was very honest. He said, listen, I got a bunch of guys here, but I don't know who can play. We got a bunch of guys who can't stop a running nose. He used to love using that analogy or that cliche, right? We can't stop a running nose. Mackie, if you come in here and learn the defense, you can play as a freshman. 
that was very attractive to me. And I think that team that Roy and I recruited, got recruited on, I think they went, I don't know, like four and seven the year before. I think the 97 season, I honestly don't know. I, I'm really not very aware of the OU tradition prior to us getting there, but they were four and seven or five and six, one of the two. And it didn't deter us. The thing that would deter me, though, is if I saw a team with no guts. Because I played on a high school team that played for championships. I tore my ACL in the state championship against De La Salle my senior year. My four years in high school, we played for the state championship twice. We lost in the semifinals twice. And if I show you the film of those teams we played on and against, there's D1 guys all over the field. All over the field on both teams in those games we lost to. So I would not have felt comfortable going to a team where they're okay with sucking. They're okay with losing. They're okay with getting their ass kicked. They're okay with their quarterback getting cheap shot and nobody goes bludgeons the defensive guy who did it. I'm just telling you. My OU teams, that guy would have felt us. We would have got a penalty probably. We would have probably had to run out to practice. I Probably all happens. But that guy also knows, don't you dare. Because on film, the other teams see it and they know, yeah, we better not mess with them. That's just how we rolled. And when I watched this OU team, I asked myself, like, would they? I would probably be a, a sore thumb on this team. I'm a team guy. I'm not a guy. I, I'm not a real loud mouth, especially in the game, especially if the games play clean. But I'm a guy who is passionate about respect. Right. I told you the story uh, about FSU and I felt like we got disrespected in that first quarter. And I felt like the refs weren't going to give us any reprieve. So I said, I got to take this in my own hands. It's like that's the kind of man I've become because of that. And if I'm a 17 year old receiver, a 17 year old DB, um, you know, Roy was an all American. I was an all state guy. We were both like all, you know, we, we got a lot of accolades coming out of high school. I don't want to play for losers. And when you get that moniker, like, oh, they're losers. They accept losing. That's one where we're going to have to get really concerned. And part of accepting losing is not making changes when it's a glaring issue that needs to be addressed. Part of being a loser is being in games where you're consistently out physical. Those are the, the intangible loser traits that winners see. They know. They can sniff it. They can smell it. Like Texas were losers when we were playing against them. We'd walk on that field and we'd look at them and we'd be like, if we punch these bozos in the eye one time, they're going to fold like a cheap tent, like an envelope. They are going to fold. And more. And, and after that 99 season, every year our game plan goes by would say, all right, guys, it's Texas week. We know we got to punch them in the eye and we know they're going to quit. Like that was the game plan from just the, you know, the emotional approach before we dove into it. We just knew, okay, this is all you Texas. We got to knock their ass in the eye. They ain't going to punk out. In the same vein, guess what he was saying when we play K-State? All right, y'all. Y'all already know we're going to be in for a bloodbath. When they punch, we better punch back. It's it's interesting how the language was a shift, right? Texas, punch them in the mouth. They'll punk out. K-State, we know they punch you. Don't stop punching. You can't stop punching. So if I'm a recruit, Barry, and I see the abomination that we've, we've rolled out there the last six quarters, and I, DG didn't do much better. He was having a terrible game against Tech, too, but at least the offense looked like a, 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 even a varsity high school offense with, with, with Dylan on the field. 
they've got to be careful to make sure that stigma doesn't become true. I think we probably lose a kid or three. I think we should expect God knows we can't lose Vasic. And and how about that, right? He's he's with it. He's there with his parents. I'm sure love the game and 49-0, but we'll see how that whole thing all plays out. But I think we can expect to lose a couple kids. I think the coaches have to uh, get on the recruiting trail and make sure they've got some plan Bs in place because you don't lose like the way we've been losing and be naive enough to think that nothing's going to shift. Yeah, and you know, and to pick a year when you're going to have, you know, a, a little bit of a of a rebuild, so to speak, or at least rebuilding the culture. Like it felt like this season didn't need to be a rebuild. It felt like they had guys in place that could impact the game in, in a positive way the 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 first year of coach Venables. Maybe that was, you know, too much hope, too much pie in the sky putting that on guys who had not proven it before. But I think what's so puzzling to to myself and and to the people watching the game is you've seen games where, you know, I won't pick numbers, but where some of these guys who are struggling go out there and they play a good game, right? They go out there and they do what they're supposed to do. But the the second they have any type of adversity – it's it's like they they fold they they give in they they basically say we know what's going to happen i'm not going to you know risk it on this play i'm going to take this angle on this play i'm going to let this guy make the play here and you end up kind of it culminates in the product of what we saw today and it doesn't get any easier the the big 12 this year is as tough as it's probably ever been last year and the year before we started really seeing it, you know, Iowa state of course has been on the upswing. Kansas is good this year. They had an absolute burner with TCU. The fact that you watch that TCU Kansas game and you say to yourself, man, both of these teams are, are pretty solid and Kansas loses their quarterback They've got the guy who, you know, I believe that's the guy who wrecked OU last year. Um, Jason Bean comes in there, plays well. There is not a game on this schedule that OU can be marked down for a win. Next week, they've got Kansas. After that, they've got a bye, and that bye probably cannot come soon enough. We're going to do a game preview because we always do. Uh, we, we always show up and try and bring it for you all. But in these in these next few weeks, well, let's do let's backtrack after Kansas going into this buy. If you were going to see a major overhaul, how would it look, and what are they going to be doing? And we'll talk more when we get to that week. But just more so, kind of a glimpse. What are they going to be doing um, and focusing on when when they hit that stretch to try and finish this thing out and in any semblance of successful you've got to you've got to hang your hat on guys who run the system you've got to hang your hat on guys who are going to play with physicality you've got to hang your hat on guys who are going to tackle just like literally like do their job um and you're gonna you're gonna hang your hat on guys who are going to give max effort you know when, when i start to hear rumors that like in practice the leaders are 
barely making the standard times, that's problematic. Let me give you an example. Let me just kind of tell you a story. When I was at OU, it was common practice during season to, we would run gassers on Mondays, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays, or maybe it was Tuesdays and Wednesdays. I don't remember. We, we, but we would run after practice two days out of the four days, right? Maybe it was Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday we would do um, uh, blitz pickup and two-minute drills. So I think we would run Monday, Tuesday, and then Wednesday, Thursday, we'd tailor off. But anyway, Barry, there are plenty of times in practice where we would try to negotiate with our coaches, right? So we're on the field. Let's just say it's a full padded day. It's a Tuesday. And the way we would do is we'd run gassers the width of the field, sometimes two trippers, sometimes three trippers. Sometimes we could get in trouble and potentially run four trippers. But it would be receivers. And then next to the receivers would be running backs. Next to the running backs would be O-line. Next to the O-line would be D-line. Next to the D-line would be backers and DBs are all the way. So imagine if we're on our home 20, the DBs are on the, the, the other 20, right? All on the same side of the, the field. And let's say we had four to do. This is how practice would go for us. We run the first one, our time's 24. We, we're racing, right? The receivers are racing. Coach Burr would be like, okay, who's going to be last? Damn it, I'm keeping score, whatever. Last person, you know, da 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 You could be, you know, you could get a minus for the day. We know a minus meant you might not play. So first one out the gate, boom, we're racing. Dre's the fastest. You know, the rest of us were coming. We're, we're, we're hauling ass. I'm in good shape. The guy, all of us were in good shape. So we're, we're, we're booking it. Second one, right, times 24. You don't want to, you, you, you just don't want to be the guy who comes last. So let's say the last of us gets in at 22. Third one, we started to learn if we negotiated competition, maybe it, it could impact practice. So there were plenty of times where from our 20 to the other 20, you hear Ante Jones, hey, D-Mac, if I beat you, the receiver's going to run another one. And I'm like, what? And so like he puts you on the spot and it's like, okay, I'm getting put on the spot. I can either punk out or I could, you know what I'm saying, button down. So, of course, I came back down. OJ, you slow. DBs is trash. Receivers going to beat all y'all. And so the time's 24. We're not even thinking about the time. We're in competition with the DBs. Mike T, Roy Lee, D Straight, JT. Like, we're like, yo, we're going to smash on them because we're competing. Barry, there are times during the season we're on the last gasser. We're bare bones naked except for our girdle and cleats. Coach, can I take my hat off? Yeah, D-Mag, you go, Coach, can we take our shoulder pads off? Sometimes Coach Coach Chip, Coach Schmitty wouldn't like it, but sometimes Coach, Coach Stoops wanted to see the competition. Like, yeah, take it off. Let's see who runs faster. And, Barry, there were often practices where going in, the clock could have said 15 seconds. The clock could have been a minute and a half. We were competing with our brothers. Because we wanted to let they ask, no, we not giving them nothing. Like the defense didn't get nothing from us. But I hear today, a lot of times the leaders at the times 24, you know what the leaders are doing? They're coming in on 24. And I just think back to those times. I'm like, you know what? Summer workouts, you're dead tired. It's 110. You're running eight trippers because it's a different workout, right? The coach is doing it's different for your body. Yeah, there were times where you barely, barely, barely made your time. But these in-season stuff, we there was never a day where we were like, oh, my God, we got 24. I better like we would burn ass. Everything was a competition. 
And I hear more and more and more that these guys aren't competing. They're just like settling for whatever the time or whatever the weight or whatever the lift or whatever the number of reps they have to do. They're not competing and it translates to the game and everyone sees it. That is cancer. Again, I'm go back and say it and I don't care if people don't like me for it because I got to tell the truth. When one of your so-called leaders is on the podium telling the world after he just got his ass kicked 49 to zero. I got to teach. The, no, don't teach the young guys nothing the way y'all do it. Don't teach them nothing. I don't want to see those guys reverting to some of the habits you have, some of the psyche you have. Some of the mental, you know, issues you guys convey. I don't want those guys to get in fact, coach, keep the puppies away from them. It ain't personal. This is again, 10 zeros in this business. This is tens of billions of dollars at stake here. That cultural issue, we got to run from it. We got to cut it out. We can't be nice about it. We can't patronize. We can't coddle. We can't walk on eggshells. We got to call that shit out and say, bro, you got to sit on the bench and see what you're doing wrong. And maybe if you correct it, you can come back in. But we've got to give other guys a chance. They've got to have a chance. They Barry, they've, they've, there's got to be a fair opportunity for someone else to come on the field and play as bad as these guys are or show some people something different and nothing works with, with nothing works in your culture if your leaders aren't setting a not just the standard but but trying to tell the coaches now nah, that this is what you wanted us to do what we're going to do better well we're going to we're going to overachieve we're we're going right. to we're going to shoot for this right I, well one of the things that I love to see whenever I'm, I'm working with people is, you know, let's say we do that last set and somebody be like, you know what? Let's try 10 more pounds. Let's go one more. Like that is, it, it's not just saying I went through the motions and did what I was supposed to do. It's saying personally, like your own personal buy-in, your own personal want to, that I want to get better. I don't care what limitation you're putting on me, coach. I want to get better. And, and I think for, for OU, like the choice starts with each player individually. They have to decide today, this week, for the rest of this year, if this is going to be a wasted season or if they're going to get something of value out of this. As we said at the top, saw a few guys, you know, show some stuff at times, but we also saw a heck of a lot of bad, man. In a 49 to 0 loss, that's a rough one. So, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but is and I guess we'll finish with this. Does uh does this team make a bowl game this year? No. No. Today they don't deserve it. And that sounds bad, and I'm, maybe I'm negative. But, again, let's just go through the schedule. Let's just go through the schedule, right? So we've got uh, Kansas next, correct? Yep, Kansas, then right a bye. Now, it's, it's, if we can't score – Kansas doesn't have a, a, a world beater defense, so we should be able to score. 
but they've got a dual threat quarterback and they've got weapons. By the way, one of the kids on Kansas, his brother or his father played with us at OU. Reggie Skinner played running back for us, 98-99 season. Uh, his son's a receiver at Kansas, and he's playing pretty well. He's actually a really good player for them. But uh, if we can't score, I guess we got to go back on our word. We got to score 35 points a game as it stands right now to be competitive. Like we've just got to like the offense just kind of has to take on a mentality of like, yo, we got to go score 35. And let's just say we play Kansas, Kansas. For me, Kansas is an L today. It helps if Dylan comes back, helps tremendously. Dylan provides us some consistency and, 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 and the ability to throw the football at least. Right. So we need Dylan back and we need to keep him clean. We need to keep him clean. But, uh, We've got Tech on the schedule. McGuire's got those guys playing ball. That's a loss for me right now. I don't know if that's, you know, bad or good, but Baylor and Oklahoma State, yeah, we we just we're not in their league right now. The way they play offense and defense, we're not in their league. Then you look at Iowa State, and Iowa State defensively, like again, I feel like we've got to score 35, and I don't know if we can score 35 against Iowa State. Did Especially you see the K-State game today with them? No, I didn't see the final score. What was the final score? 10 to 9. They 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 lost 10 to 9. Unbelievable. Right? That that says everything you need to know, doesn't it? It tells you everything you need to know. Iowa State ain't giving us no gimmies and Iowa State watches film. They're going to make it very clear on what they're going to, you know, take away and what they're going to allow us to have. West V we possibly West V is a dub right now. I think we beat them. So if you're looking at our schedule, okay, let's say West V gets us to four. Maybe K State gets us to five. K State gets us to five. Excuse me, I didn't say K State. I meant to say uh, Kansas, Kansas gets us yeah. to five. We do, I, I don't I don't think we're in the league of Oklahoma State, which is I'm just just blasphemy to say. But we're not in the league of Oklahoma State. We're not in the league of of Baylor, which is not in their league. Why right? we've got to find a way to beat Tech or Iowa State, and Tech is a is is offensively going to be a problem for us, and Iowa State is going to be a huge problem for us defensively. So I look at those those teams, and I'm like. Bowl eligible is six and six. Is that right? We got to get to six and six. Six. Yeah, wins? I mean, you can technically get there on five, but I mean, you almost don't want to go if you you won five games. Yeah, we need it. We if we <sighs> if they invite us to the to the uh, to the Nacho Taco Bell Bowl, <laughs> that's what they're going to, man. <laughs> we need to go to the Nacho <laughs> the Taco Nacho Bowl. Taco Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> we need to go because we need as many reps as possible, and we need as many opportunities to show people we are improving. So we we can't be choosers this year. We got to, we got to, first thing we got to do is beat Kansas. That's the first thing we got to do. So if you ask me today, if you ask me today, we got work to do. Man, you you know who doesn't have work to do is uh, the uh, Blue Wire Podcast Network (laughs) that we are now a part of. The the Barry and Max show stepping up. Guys, we are officially a part of Blue Wire Pods. 
go check out their stuff and all of the other podcasts that they have to offer. But it's been an exciting change. Uh, it's been different for us. It changed a few things kind of behind the scenes that we do. But we're going to still keep bringing you guys the same great content. You may or may not hear an ad or two, but it's going to be very small. And I mean, you guys know how to work the ads on the podcast. I won't say it out loud, but you guys know. But uh, go check out the other stuff on their network. Uh, we're going to keep bringing you stuff during the week. Um, I've got a feature that I'm going to be working on. And as always, you're going to get DMAX 10 Thoughts, which we're actually going to be recording here very soon this evening. Uh, but go leave a rating and review, guys. Um, it, it helps the show grow. You can do it on Apple, Amazon. Uh, you can go rate on Spotify. Uh, it continues to help us build this thing out. Uh, we have some other exciting announcements coming. Uh, you will not want to miss those, but it's been such a pleasure, even with the Sooners struggling this year, of all the years to start a podcast, Mac. of all... Oof. My mom going to be mad. She listens and she's going to she's gonna say, first of all, son, you talk too much. Second of all, you raise your voice too high. Third of all, cuss again. I'm going to drive to your house and whip your butt. I'm just telling you, my mom <laughs> is 71 years old. <laughs> I love her to death. Uh-huh. And I'm going to get in trouble, but I had to tell the truth today. Had to tell the truth. And that's what we're going to do on this podcast. Said it since the jump. Said it since inception. That's what this was going to be about. And we're going to continue to be about. So make sure you go follow us on Instagram um, at the Barry and Mac show, um, at Dame That Dude, at BYS Fitness on Twitter, at Barry and Mac SHW. Mine is at underscore Spacemon. Go check that one out too. And then Damien's is at the Mackies too. So make sure you go do that. And we will see you all soon. Still looking for respect nationwide.